I'm going to be speaking to you on a subject that, um, if applied, I'm going to be honest, it'll absolutely shape and form your life. And here's the thing I, I want to encourage you. The shaping is up to you. Thank God for the word of God, but you have to apply it in your life. And if you apply these words for these next three weeks, I guarantee you that uh, it'll shape and form your life. It'll cut off the rough edges. Amen. It'll shape you, you know, and, um, and I, 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 I encourage you or encourage you. I, uh, I, I don't know if I admonish you or I want to say thank you for coming to church tonight for braving the rain. I know you were tempted to stay at home and watch Netflix on this beautiful <laughs> rainy day, but I, God also wanted me to tell you this, that you, you came, you're going to get something tonight. You're going to get something tonight because I believe God has a word for us in our season of our life that we're in. And, and I'm just going to let you know there's a new season for some of you. If you notice what pastor began to preach last week and how we have to see it from the eyes of faith, I believe God was working things out before he knew these messages would come along that there's a season of seeing and we need to see, but I want to start encouraging you tonight. If I can title my message for the next three weeks, it's called this. It's time to get your voice back. It's time to get your voice back. Come on, lift your hands with me in this atmosphere. Father, we just thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your presence is here. We thank you that you're here in this place, and we just say, have your way tonight. Have your way. Come on, tell them, say, have your way, Father. We come with expectation tonight. We thank you that the word of God will be preached. And Father, we thank you that these are not just my words. These are not just somebody's words. These are your words. And so, Father, we thank you that the word of God is living and it's active and it's sharp. And we give you permission to mess up our life tonight. We give you permission to change everything. We give you permission to cause us to repent, Father. We give you permission, Father, to change us. I thank you we came. And so, Holy Spirit, we say, have your way. Have your way. I pray that we come with expectation tonight. I thank you. We come with an expectation tonight. Oh, it's not just church. But Lord, we're going to get something tonight. Because you're here. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Did you come with expectation tonight? Did you come with an expectation tonight? Oh, Father, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're here, Father. We thank you that you're here. And with our hands lifted to the, you, we just say, have your way. We're ready, Father. We're ready for you, for your word to speak. I pray that it would get in and light up things of our life, hidden secrets, hidden dreams, hidden destiny. I'm, I'm calling. I thank you, Lord. You're speaking to the poets in the room, to the people who write in journals. I thank you that we're speaking to the people who you've given dreams, Father. They have not forgotten them. But, Lord, I thank you that to this word would begin to ignite something in them. It would help set a fire in them, Lord, that they would learn tonight that the things that they have been spoken about, Father, that the, the next season of their life is upon them. And so we declare that tonight's going to be a wonderful night and that your presence is here. If you believe that, come on, shout amen. Shout amen. Come on, give somebody a high five, a fist bump, a hug, if you're comfortable with that. We are huggers around here. I know some people aren't huggers, but you need to learn to be a hugger. There's nothing wrong with hugging. Can I get my prop? I have a cool little prop over there that nobody knew about. So I'm just letting you know now. It's a, yeah. Hey, thank you. Hey, man, don't you appreciate our anointed worship team? And I don't just say that because I was playing bass, which, you know, I was dropping the bass tonight, you know. I'm kidding. Um, you can set that right here. Thank you. This is a mirror from my house, and so if literally this breaks, my wife is going to be very upset. Um, I need something. I need something. Let's see. We find something over here. I need something heavy. Anybody got a shoe they can throw up here? I'm kidding. I I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I appreciate that. I think we're fine. As long as this doesn't break or fall over. Whew. Yeah, I don't want to lean a pole, though, because then you look at the back of my head. Yes, thank you, Matt. See, we got a problem finder in the room. Solver, not finder. I, thank you. There we go. You guys appreciate Matt. He's an awesome man of God. My brother from a, another mother. Wyoming mother. 
Casper, Wyoming. Good things do come from Casper. Okay, so, okay, so, man, I'm excited. Are you excited? Okay, so, um, here we go. Say, here we go, here we go. Okay, so, listen, I'm about to, I'm about to literally um, drop some pretty heavy stones somewhere. Um, let me just tell you this. You're only as good as what you write down. I'm going to say that again. You're only as good as what you write down. You got to start writing stuff down. How many people from a show of honest hands, God has spoken, you're like, oh my God, it changed my life. And then you forgot it like three weeks later. Come on, be honest. You want to know why? It's because you didn't write it down. Write it down. I had this powerful moment uh, three weeks ago at my piano in the house and I was just kind of, you know, the enemy was, was, was lying to me. Anybody been lied to by the enemy? And so I had to, I had to fight my battles on the piano. And I began to sing and worship God and God began to speak to my heart and it really changed me. Like, oh my God, this is awesome. And I, and I, and I was blessed in that moment, but like three days later, I completely forgot what he said. And I realized it's because I didn't write it down. So write it down. Thank you, Matt. We got to write it down because you are only as good as what you write down. Because um, I believe where we're going for the next three weeks, uh, I'm going to make some statements and um, thank you. This is nice. There's a point to this, I promise. I'm not vain. All right, here we go. Listen, right, listen, listen. We're going to get our voice back tonight. For the next three weeks, I want to encourage you, it's time to get your voice back. It's time to get your voice back. It's time to get your voice back. It's time to start speaking. It's time to start shouting. It's time to literally start talking to yourself. If anybody has learned to talk to themselves, it must be us as believers. There's nothing wrong with talking to yourself. There's something wrong if you don't talk to yourself, because I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes you might be the only voice of encouragement in your life. I'm going to say that again. You might be the only voice of encouragement in your life. The most important, listen, the most important sermon you will ever preach is the one you preach to yourself. The most important sermon you will ever preach is the one you preach to yourself. We've got to stop looking for the pulpit and we've got to start looking into the mirror. I'm here to tell you, your greatest, your greatest audience is yourself. It's time that we just stop looking for the pulpit opportunities and we start looking in the mirror. Because my greatest audience is myself. And if I can't motivate myself, then you're never going to motivate anybody else. Jesus knew who he was. He knows whose he was. And he knew what he was doing. And he was motivated. He was sold out. He was confident in who he was. And because he was confident in who he was, he could change the world. The greatest sermon you will ever preach is the one you preach to yourself. The greatest audience you will ever have is yourself. I'm repeating this on purpose, not because I have nothing else to say. I'm repeating it because I believe it's God. The greatest sermon you will ever preach is the one you preach to yourself. If it's not real to me, it's not real to you. And I promise you, this sermon is very real to me because it's moving me. Because I promise you, you should never preach something that doesn't move you. And we have a wonderful uh, example from our pastor. I believe what he preaches moves him. Because if it doesn't move me, it's not moving you. And if God is not moving you, you're not going to move somebody else. You ever had a salesman at your door and you can tell he knows nothing what he's talking about? I had a, I had a kid that was 18 years old and he was sending, he wanted, he's like, knocked on the door, right? And he's like, knock, knock, which they always knock. Like a, you know, you get weird knocks at three in the afternoon on a, on a Thursday. You're like, it's either somebody on a bike or it is um, a salesman. And here he is and he had a yard treatment. I'm just, just kidding. It's okay. And he said, uh, he was reading his track, you know, and he's like, hey, uh, my name is Timothy and your yard needs treat." You know, he was reading from it and I could tell he didn't even know what he was talking about. He didn't believe in it. It wasn't convincing. But then you've had some salesmen who make you believe you need everything. You're like, dear God, here's my money. Take my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'll buy that car. And, uh, you, know, you know, only 18 easy payments of $2,000 a day. I'll do it. I need it. They, they convince you. There's something convincing. They sell themselves. And I'm telling you, us as believers, we need to be motivating and we need to be selling something. The most important sermon you'll ever preach is the one you look at yourself in the mirror and say, you're a child of God. You're a child of God. You know, um, i got to move ahead. It's time to start speaking to yourself. That's my goal with this series. My goal is that you would start speaking to yourself again or maybe for the first time in your life. I want you to understand the power that you have in your mouth. 
and I'm getting ahead of my sermon on purpose, but I'm going to say it because it's just really good, is you might be the only voice of encouragement in your life at a season, in a season. If you change the way you speak, you will change the way you live. If you start speaking different, your life will be different. Could it be the reason you're still struggling with the things you are still dealing with is because you keep saying and speaking the same thing? Could it be that if you would change the way you speak, you would change your life? Could it be your marriage, your kids, your job is the way it is because you keep talking about the way it is? Could it be that the sickness in your body continues to, uh, you battle with sickness because you keep saying the same thing about your sickness? Could it be the confusion you have about your destiny is not coming to pass because you keep talking about you're confused about your destiny? God knows you're confused, but it's time to start saying something and start looking in the mirror and say, I am a child of God. God's hand is on my life. His hand, I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. God told me to tell you this, that the next season of your life will be a byproduct of what you're speaking now. The next season of your life will be a byproduct of what you're speaking now. So my question is, what are you speaking now? Because if you're not saying anything now, guess what? Nothing will change. And I know who I'm talking about tonight. This is Wednesday night, which is typically believers, right? And so if I, and we're going to get into some other things, but I, I know my crowd tonight. And so we can speak differently. This is not a Sunday morning where um, we have a, a ton of new guests. Majority of the crowd in the room is believers. And so I can speak to you as a believer. Okay. So if you change the way you speak, the ch- you will change the way you live. And the, ne- the next, listen, the next, the next season of your life will be a byproduct of what you are speaking right now. And see, when you hear the word season, because I believe God is moving us into a new season, you have to stop always thinking about location. Because let me give it in Psalms, it says the tree planted by the waters. And now it brings forth fruit in its season. Do you understand that a tree goes through many seasons, but yet it stays planted? Everything is changing around them and they're changing, but they're still planted. So when I say the next season, don't go, oh, yes, God is moving me on. Maybe not. Maybe so. But I'm not. I'm saying right now, God has a new season where you're sitting right now. And the new season is in your mouth. The new season has to do with what you're saying and what you're speaking. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, let it be pleasing to you. And I really feel as our father, sometimes he is unpleased with the things that are coming out of our mouth. And I'm not just talking about curse words. (gasps) You guys are, a lot of us are cussing all the time. And we're not dropping four letter words. I'm talking about when I'm, I mean, I'm just not feeling it today. I feel confused. I don't know what I'm going to do. What are you saying? You are a child of God. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. That's not how Jesus spoke, man. He wasn't confused. Even when he didn't know what to do, he knew where to get the answer from. It's time to start opening up your mouth because there's a new season. What are we speaking? Everything that God has said about you. Your dreams will not come to pass unless you start speaking it. Your destiny will not fall in your lap, Brian. It's not just going to fall. It's going to come by us speaking and us declaring and us looking at ourselves and saying, when I, when I don't feel it and I don't get the applause that I feel, you're a child of God and God's hand is on your life and he's working things out and greater is he that's in you. Because the greatest audience is myself and if I can motivate myself, I can motivate you. Isn't that our goal to motivate people, to influence people? That when people see you and see me, they realize there's something different? Many a time, see, I have this, not this, this is from my house, but I have this large mirror by my desk. I don't know why they felt they had to put a mirror by my desk. I'm not complaining because I do look at it a lot. Hey, you do too, so don't judge, okay? But you know what I've, what I've used that for? And I remembered, and God brought this to my attention. When I was uh, 18, 19, I don't know, I was at the depot in Sand Springs, Oklahoma, leading worship with Pastor Earl. He was my youth pastor then. And I was just a blue-haired, pierced-up kid with piercings all over my face, leading worship because I knew that God had a call of God on my life, and I was trying to figure things out. I knew I was called, 
but I was very insecure and I was trying to find my identity in girls and just like you were at one point, right? Or if you're, you know what I mean. (laughs) Thank you. But I was growing up and they saw something inside of me that I did not see. And so I remember, and I had, I remember looking at my, looking at the mirror in the bathroom after I fixed my hair and I would say, the spirit of the Lord is upon you for he has anointed you to preach the gospel through music. And I found myself many of a Sunday and many of a Wednesday going to my mirror and look at myself in the mirror. And I have to make sure no one's up there because I don't look like a weirdo. I mean, I really like Eric, Josh, okay. And then I go talk to myself. Why? Because sometimes the enemy wants to, you'll forget it. Because your voice, if you change the way you talk, you will change the way you live and you will change the way you see. And faith comes by hearing, but it's not just from the preacher. Faith will come by you listening by your own ears. And sometimes you got to look at yourself when you ain't feeling it and say, God is not finished with you yet. Because you have no guarantee that anybody else will. And, and people will. Thank God when God speaks to them and they're obedient. You know, I had a word for you like six months ago, but it just didn't come. Thank you. <laughs> See, there's a new season. What are we speaking? Everything that God said about you. See, there was a new season, a new scene. Come on, say a new season. Come on, say new season. There's a new season that God is wanting to take you into, but you will not get there unless you start speaking it now. See, the problem is, is we want to see everything first before we see it, say it. You want to see the progress before you say it. You want to see the job before you declare it. You want to see healing before you want. You want to feel healing before you see it. You want to see your your bank account glorious before it is. That's not faith. Because if you see it, then you don't need faith. Faith is speaking those things that be not as though they were. And could it be that the reason things are not changing is because you're not changing the way you speak? Could it be that your kids are literally still crazy because you call them crazy? Could it be that your finances are a wreck because you talk about how bad of a wreck they are all the time? Faith is not denial. I have, I don't have bad finances. I don't have bad. No, you have terrible finances, but faith would say you have terrible finances, but we know God's going to get a plan for you. Faith is not denial. When somebody gets diagnosed with cancer, I don't have cancer. I don't have cancer. No, 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 no. You do have cancer, but the truth and reality is that God can heal your cancer. So it's not a denial. I don't have it. No, 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 you do have it, but there's good news. Healing. So let's quit talking about the cancer. Let's start talking about the healer. Because if you change the way you speak, you will change the way you live. See, just seeing it is not good enough. Just seeing it is not good enough. And this is where I have to get better. Because again, I'm not preaching you to anything. That, I'm not preaching you anything that doesn't convict me. Because I see things a lot and I, I like to meditate and see things. But seeing it for this next season is not good enough because I have to learn to start literally speaking it and declaring it and shouting it and so that my own ears can hear it and so that faith can build. Amen. I'm so sweaty. Lord, God is raising up a group of leaders who will not only see it with the eyes of faith, but have learned to speak it. The reason it's important to speak, I've said this, I'll say it again, is because circumstances in life and people will try to tell you otherwise. But there must be a voice of faith that rises up and speaks to the storm. People will not understand the call of God on your life. And you don't have to explain it. And you can't wait for somebody to um, validate it or just, you know, and thank God that obviously our our leaders and our pastors, you know, that's their job to help equip and see things. But the reason you got to start speaking it is because circumstances in life and will try to tell you completely otherwise. Why do I have to look at myself and tell me I'm anointed? Because sometimes I don't feel anointed. And sometimes I feel very unqualified, but I'm not moved by how I feel because I got to move from what I feel and what I believe because what my feelings are irrelevant because my feelings will lie to me. Smith Wilkinsworth said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by how I feel, but I'm moved by what I believe. In other words, what has God said about me? 
And I have to look at myself in the mirror and begin to declare what God said about me. And I can't wait for someone else to do it. It's not my wife's job to do it. It's me because the greatest audience I will ever have is me. And the greatest sermon that I'll ever preach is to myself. I need to hear it. I need to hear it because when I believe it, it'll change you. It'll change you. That's why sermons don't change people because they're not changing you. Don't try to preach somebody a sermon. Be a sermon. Don't try to talk about Jesus. Be Jesus. They're just not understanding it because you're not living it. Don't just, you know, don't just bring them to church. Take the church. Don't talk about the kingdom being the kingdom. Don't look for a track. Be the track. That's the problem with evangelism in the church. When I was growing up, we're all about knocking on doors and handing out tracks. Why are we doing that? Jesus didn't do that. He was the track. And he said, the kingdom of God is here. You need healing? Here. You need deliverance? Here. He didn't say, my name is Jesus. And now, I'm not degrading tracks. I'm not saying God can't use that. But we have defaulted to that. Like, that is the only way of evangelism. And then we get, and that's why evangelism is hard for people, because they don't want to knock on doors. That's not really a great idea. Because when was the last time you wanted to talk to somebody that knocked on your door? <laughs> yeah, I have nothing else to do. Let's just talk for three hours. Oh, my kids aren't sleeping and going nuts. Yeah, let's talk. You know what I'm saying? I had nothing to do today. So we don't want to just, it's time to, it, we have to, it has to be in us. It has to be real to us. The sermons that I preach, I have to believe them and I have to motivate myself because my circumstances will try to tell me differently. Why do I have to remind myself of the call of God upon my life? Because the enemy will try to make me question the call of God upon my life. The same thing he did to Jesus. If he spoke to Jesus, he will speak to you. And the reason you came tonight is because it's time to get your voice back. It's time to start saying something back. And that's how you're going to fight your battles. That is how you will win. It's not just thinking about it. It's not just posting about it. It's speaking. What did Jesus say? It is written. And it's time for us to get our voice back. And that is the next season God will have you in. Come on, say new season. Can you bring me up a little bit in the mic? Thank you. Just appreciate our sound, man. They're wonderful. Okay, here we go. So the reason, say we're getting our voice back. Okay, so come on, say we're getting our voice back. Say it's a new season. That sounded nice. Some of y'all can sing. Sing louder in church. Some of you can sing. So if we're going to talk about the new season, come on, say new season. We must look back at one of the Bible's greatest transitions and seasons. It's the transition of Moses and Joshua. Let's go to Joshua chapter one. Joshua chapter one. Come on, the greatest sermon you'll ever preach is the one you preach to yourself. I did not find that on Google, I promise. I really believe that's the spirit of God for you right now. The greatest sermon you'll ever preach is the one you preach to yourself. The greatest audience you'll ever have is yourself. Because when you motivate yourself, you'll change the world. When you believe in who you are, what you are, where you're from, what you're doing, why you're called, where you're going, you'll have vision, you'll have destiny. You won't be intimidated by people. People won't talk you out of what you're doing. You won't have to ask permission for the call of God in your life. I don't need, a, I don't need your permission. I know who I am because I'm a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. But I'm telling you, the, you know how you know this? Because the loud, whatever has the loudest voice in your life, you will become. And what you entertain, you will speak. That's why you got to be careful what you watch, what you listen to, because what gets in you will come out of you and it'll define your life. And you'll say, I have no idea why, why this is happening. It's because of the junk you're watching and the things you are saying. It is time to get your voice back. Not just a voice, the voice, the word of God, what God says about your life. Where are my journalers at? Where's my poets at? Where's the people who have dreams? Come on, dreams that God has given you a dream. You know what? I'm going I'm to encourage you. Uh, it's not going to come to pass unless you start speaking about it now. 
You can't wait for it just to fall in your lap. And I understand God is working and there are seasons and literal time frames. But I'm telling you, how you begin to encourage yourself and how you begin to speak now is very important. If you just wait until you see it, you will die before you see it. You got to start speaking it even when it seems impossible. That's why our pastor would say this 21, 21, 21. Well, I'll give it a huge address. 21, 21, US 1 South. I was like on repeat. 21, 21, 21, you know. Too much coffee or something, you know. Slow down. <laughs> That's why every time he pulls up in this facility, he'll say, welcome to Anchor Faith Church. What is he doing? He's convincing himself. Because you know what? This mall will probably speak. I'm sure that if he's real honest, and he is, the mall has spoken to him many a times of how it's not ours. And he's not going to wait for someone to say, here's a million dollars. What do we speak it? And we speak it. Welcome to Anchor Faith Church. Welcome to Anchor Faith Church. Welcome to Anchor Faith Church. And all the haters will talk, but I'm telling you, it's not until you start speaking it that things will happen because what you start speaking now, your life, your next season will be a byproduct of what you are literally saying right now. If you're, ah, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. I got to move on. Joshua 1, are you there? Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to give you this. You take that. Don't look through it. I'm kidding. You can. (laughs) Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses. Okay, before, let me just, Moses has died. Obviously, we just read that. But before that, Moses lived 120 years. He had three seasons of 40. It's really crazy if you read his life. There was the first 40 that uh, he was, you know, went down the, the river in the Nile and he was growing up and then he killed a dude. And for the next 40, he was on the run and God's hand was on his life and God's calling was on his life, but it wasn't the right season. He was trying to deliver people, but it was in the wrong place. And he was 80 years old. And when he was 80 years old, he got a call of God on his life. I'm here to encourage you. You're not too old. He was 80. How old are you? Cause you look fantastic for 68. Doesn't he? Dear Lord. I need some of that. <laughs> but um, he was 80 years old when he got the call of God upon his life. 80 years old. And for the next 40 years, that's when we have the whole awesome story of his life of leading the children of Israel out of Egypt and parting the Red Sea and all the miracles that he did and all the wonderful things. They even made a movie about it, a couple. And all the things that he did the majority of his life happened in the last season of his life when he was 80 years old and he died at 120. So he died and here we go. And after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. So a new season is coming and God picked a man named Joshua to lead, to pick up the reins after Moses died. Verse two, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, are we there? Arise. Is your say arise? Great. Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over to this Jordan and you and all the people to the land which I'm giving them. You know what that word arise means? I'm going to tell you. It means now is the time. It means emerge. It means an opportunity. It means to awaken. It means to wake up. I'm here to help you wake up tonight. It is time to arise. There is a new season coming and the new season is in your mouth. The new season is not a move. The season is in your mouth because the next season of your life will be a byproduct of what you are speaking right now. Because if you wait to see it, wait to see it before you speak it, you will miss it. Every great move of God started with a, with a, with a spoken word. Because you got to get your words out there to get them starting things and shaping things and forming things. So arise means now is the time. Emerge an opportunity. Wake up. And he says this, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses from the wilderness and this... Um, Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates and all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Verse five, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. That's encouraging, right? 
I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to, these, for, for to this people you shall divide an inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and courageous. Come on, hit your neighbor say, be strong. That you may observe to do according all of the law my servant has commanded you. And do not turn from the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Verse eight, come on, say, here we go. Verse eight says, and this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. See, there was a new season in his life. There was a new season in the move of God. And the first thing he tells him is do not stop talking about this word. Do not let this not come out of your mouth. That the book of the law shall not depart your mouth for you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according all that was written within it. For then, in other words, and only then, if you do these things, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. The only guarantee is that he keeps his mouth talking to things of God. The only guarantee you have is speaking the word of God over your life. The promises of God, of what God has spoken to you. Only then, only then will they come to pass. I'm talking about speaking the plan of God over your life. The promises of God. The things that he has guaranteed you in his word. It is time that we start finding out what the Bible says about us and start speaking it into existence. Because not only do we have a mirror here, the Bible says in James that the Bible also is a mirror. It'll begin to show you who you are. It'll begin to tell you what you look like. It'll give faith to you. It'll encourage you in due season. And those are the things that we have to start speaking it out, even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, even when it makes no sense. And living this way is very unpopular. Most people won't understand it. They won't hang with you. But new seasons bring new people. New seasons bring new people, people that understand your talk. People who can hang with your faith. That's why some people you don't need to be with anymore because they don't understand where God's taking you. The farther you go up the mountain, the less the people is going to come up with you. They're going to die from the ox. They can't handle it. I can't handle this. I can't handle this too high. Listen, I'm going up, baby. I'm going up. I'm following God. I will do what he's called me to do. And if you can't hang with me, you're going to die on the mountain or go back down because I'm not backing down. I'm going to speak it and I'm going to say it because I'm not going to apologize for the call of God in my life. And you shouldn't apologize for the call of God upon your life because you are fearfully and wonderfully made and you are, you are, you are purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and you have a call of God upon your life. And every morning you need to get up in front of the mirror and look at it and declare that over your life. Declare that over your kids. Declare that over your marriage and say, you are a child of God. And you look at your kids and say, you are a child of God. Look at your wife and say, you are a fine woman of God. Because that's how things change. If you just speak what you see, you always have what you see. And that's why you're frustrated. And that's why your life is where it is. But there's a new season. And the new season is in your mouth. It's in your mouth. It's in the things you're saying. And not just amen and in church. You need to amen at the house. Don't just say, preach it. That's awesome. I'm going to like it. Don't like it. Be it. Live it. Speak it. Shout it. Talk to yourself. Get your voice back. Start declaring those things that God has said about you. Because guess what? Nobody else will. Amen. I can't wait for you to help me out. You got your own drama. And problems, man. That's why you got to know who you are and declare it. That's why many times I've looked at myself in the mirror. Because I have to be reminded, Devin. I have to be reminded because faith comes by hearing. And can I just encourage you? Um, I'm, I'm jumping way ahead, but we're going to do it anyways. In Romans 10, 17, Romans 10, 17, we've heard this. So then faith comes by. I'll wait for you. I'll wait for him just so you know. Oh, he's got a cool graphic. Cool. OK, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. True, right? Can I be honest? Most of the time when we hear that verse, we think of it this way. Yeah. Amen. Right. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. that's true. You know, yeah. Preach it. Faith comes by hearing. I'm hearing. But can I just encourage you? Faith also comes by hearing by your own ears, by you speaking. Not only do we have to stop looking at the pulpit, we got to start looking in the mirror because faith comes by hearing. And the more I speak it, the more I get encouraged. And the more I speak it, faith starts to rise. Your ears need to hear the promises of God. 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It is time for your ears, your mouth to start declaring the things of God because faith will rise when you do it. Oh, everything can change when you start changing your mouth. Your finances will change. Oh man, confusion will not be confusing anymore. Stop saying that. I'm confused. Stop saying that. Stop saying those things. Start declaring what Jesus would do in this situation. When he went up to the boat and he saw the storm, he didn't say, man, there's a storm. Dang. You know what he did? He spoke to it. It wasn't calm. It was violent. They thought they were going to die. And do you know what? Do you think Jesus, he would have been upset if they would have got him and said, Jesus, we got it. We're going to speak. Do you think he would have been upset? He'd have been like, thank myself. That is, (laughs) this is what I've been saying the whole time. (laughs) Thank God. He was always trying to get them to realize who they were. And that's why speaking is so important. Speaking what? What God said about you. Because I know there's some people in here, you've got some pages in your journal that haven't come to pass yet. And I believe it hasn't come to pass yet. It's because you haven't honestly been speaking it. Don't just write it down. Write it down and declare it. Look yourself in the mirror. Because you're only saying what God said about you. It's not, you're not boasting. You're not getting glory for yourself. You're reminding yourself of who you are. Those pages that God, that those, those, those visions, those dreams that God gave you late in the night that you knew it was not just random. You know, you know, you know that was God. And you know that it's not, uh, and, and you, maybe you realize this season is coming. I'm telling you, it's time to start speaking that because the greatest sermon you'll ever preach is the one you speak to yourself. So Joshua has become the new leader. But I'm going to tell you, why did Joshua become, why did he, I'm going to tell you why. This is kind of rhetorical, but just setting you up. Why did he, um, why did he get chosen to lead? I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Moses is dead and here's Joshua. Why did he get chosen? Obviously we know it's God's plan, but why did he get chosen? I mean, that's a big deal, right? Moses is dead and you're next up. It's because he had a proven character of speaking faith. He was a person who was bold enough to speak faith even when it was unpopular. What he did as an assistant made him as a leader. But when he did the same thing he did as a leader. He was assistant. He spoke faith. If you're not faithful with the little, you'll never be faithful with much. If you're not faithful with speaking now, you'll never be faithful speaking then. It's time to start speaking now. Because the reason Joshua got picked for the new assignment is because before Moses went to the promised land, God says, send out 12 spies. And here we go. Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. So why did, why did Joshua get picked to lead? Why did he get picked to lead this great new move of God? Moses, my servant, is dead. Joshua, get up and take the people. Verse Numbers 13, before Moses died, he, the Lord said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land that I am giving them to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out 12 men, all tribal leaders of Israel from their camp to the wilderness of Paran. Let me just tell you this. Just because someone is labeled a leader doesn't mean they're a leader. True leaders talk different. They don't talk what they see. They don't talk how they feel. That doesn't mean they're robots. That doesn't mean they don't have emotions. They've just learned to speak above those. If you're going to be a leader and God is calling you to lead in your next season, what you say now is very important because that's why not everybody can lead because not everybody can talk like a leader. God did not need somebody who was uh, insecure. God did not need somebody who was a novelist. God needed somebody who was learned and spoke the word of God when it was popular, when it wasn't popular, when he was by himself, when he was staring at himself. He spoke the word of God. And here we have to prove, you say, prove it. Okay, I will. Let's go to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13, verse 25. Sweet. After exploring the land for 40 days. So Moses sent the men out for 40 days. They're scouting the promised land. Remember, there's 12 leaders that got picked. 
after exploring the land for 40 days, the leaders returned to Moses and Aaron and the whole community of Israel. And they reported to the whole community what they seen, what they had seen. And they showed them the fruit that had been taken from the land. And this was their report to Moses, the leaders. Here's the report from the leaders. And Moses, and remember, who, <clears throat> who sent these men? But, but who told Moses to send them? Okay. So this was the report to Moses. We entered the land that you sent us to explore. And it was indeed a bountiful country, man, a land flowing with milk and honey. And here is the kind of fruit that it produces. But, but, how many times is our but get us in trouble? God, I would do that, but. God, I would totally give that amount, but. God, I will move there. I will start that ministry, but. Do you not think God realized what he was sending them into? You think God was like, dang, you're right. Wow, they're huge. My bad. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and they're fortified. We even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak. There was lions and tigers. No. The, Am the Amalekites live in the Gav and the Hittites and the Jezebites and the Amorites and they live in the hill country. And the Canaanites, man, they even live among the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. What does that have to do with anything? I don't know. Because when you're not speaking faith, you will say anything. But Caleb tried to quiet the people before Moses. And he said, let us go at once and take this land. He said... See, here we have a man of God who saw something, but he learned to speak something different. He didn't just think about it. He said, let us go and take this land. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men, the leaders who had explored the land, disagreed with him. We can't go against them. See, speaking like God is very unpopular at times. But God is looking for a leader who's not trying to be a men pleaser. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites and the land we traveled through, uh, the land we traveled through and explored, it will devour anyone who goes and lives there, I promise. And all the people we saw were huge. We, we even saw giants there. He's repeating himself. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. This is hilarious. He says, next to them, we felt like grasshoppers and they thought that too. How did he know they thought that? Did he go up to them and say, do we look like grasshoppers? No. You know why he thought that? Because when you're not in faith, you'll say anything and you'll believe anything. We even look like grasshoppers. That was never mentioned. But that's why God is needing somebody to speak up and not just speak what they see, but speak something different. And that different is what God said. So God sent the 12 leaders and only two came back. And here we go. Numbers 14. This is just in the intro, by the way. We've got like three more hours. I'm kidding. Numbers 14, verse 6. Numbers 14, verse 6. But two of the men who explored the land, Joshua and Caleb, tore their clothing, verse 7, and they what? Verse 7, and they said. It's time to start getting your voice back. And they said to all the people, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people. See, faith is not a denial. Faith is speaking what God said about the problem. Faith is not, no, there's not giants. No, faith says, no, there's giants. But guess what? God is with us and God is for us and God can handle this. Because God will not tell us to do something just for us to die. God, God has my back. His, his interest is at my heart. He's going to take care of us. He began to speak faith. And, and, and he said, they are, only, they are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection. But the Lord, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Verse 10. But the whole community began to talk about stoning them. Awesome. Speaking faith and declaring the promises of God, majority of times will be unpopular. But it's, that's why God is looking for a group of leaders who will stand up and declare the promises of God among people who might not get it. Listen, some of your family members may not get it. Some of your family, that's why they think you're crazy.
We love them. We pray for them. But don't stop speaking what you know. Because you're going to stand in front of living God one day, not them. That's why you can't apologize. And I'm, I'm literally trying to speak the promises of God. And I understand you don't get it, but you didn't create me. And I'm going to worship him one day and you ain't going to be around. And so I want to be pleasing to him. So I'm going to talk like my daddy. You might not get it. I understand. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm not trying to be haughty, but I have to speak what I know. And maybe our relationship will only go so far. That's okay. Because it's amazing when you follow God, how he will give you brothers and mothers and mommies and daddies and grandpas and cars and houses and favor and jobs all the way from Kentucky. And I've been where you live before and where God has done this now. And so don't think that God can't get you where you need to go. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he's got family members and brothers and people that will encourage you along your journey. Come on, say a new season. So Joshua, the reason he was, cho- he was chosen to lead the children of Israel is because he had a proven, he had a proven character. He had a proven character of speaking faith. My question to you is, do you have a proven character of speaking the promises of God? What's the first thing out of your mouth during a trial? Ask yourself, I got to ask myself that. What's the first thing out of your mouth when you get a negative report from the doctor? What's the first thing out of your, your mouth when you realize the finances aren't where they need to be? What's the first thing out of your mouth when you're, not, when you're feeling confused about your destiny? What's the first thing? That's, that, that's, a, great, that's a great governing um, guide of where you're at. Joshua had a proven character of speaking faith. And God said, I see somebody who speaks not like the rest of them. Doesn't say he was qualified, but his mouth qualified him. His conviction that God is for us. God's going to do this. The reason we will not get the more is because we're not speaking faith over what we do have now. The reason you you might not get the more is because we're not speaking faith over what we do have now. See, God knows the frustrations you have, but it's time to start speaking something different about what you do have. Again, faith is not a denial. Faith is saying, God, I need some help. God, they said I've got cancer, but I know your will is that you're the healer and that by your stripes I'm healed and with long life you will satisfy me and you will show me your salvation and by your stripes, you can begin to what? Talk to yourself. You begin to remind yourself of who you are, whose you are, and with the call of God, no, God, you, you've called me to do this, so I can't die right now. God, you know, and, and you begin to see your finances or whatever. Lord, I thank you, Father. No, I'm a tither, man. I tithe, I sow, and Father, I think you're multiplying things. Lord, you're gonna make my, 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 my pantry multiply. Father, if you, can, if you can feed the prophets in the Old Testament and you can, you can send birds, Lord, you're gonna send a dog and it, with a sack of food if you have to. You're gonna take care of me. And you got to start doing that because you know what? You're not my, you might not always have a pastor or a worship team to pump you up. You got to learn to pump yourself up and you got to learn to look in the mirror and say, God is going to work things out for you, man. God is working things out for you. God's hand is on your life. His hand and, and greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. And you got to look at yourself and say, God's working things out for you. All things work together for the, those, for those who are called according to his purpose. What the, what the devil meant for bad, God's turning for good. He said, who are you talking to? Myself. Because I need to believe it, not you. But if I believe it, you will. Because I'll convince you with my life. Because you say, what happened to you, man? I convinced my greatest audience. I convinced myself. I've been speaking to myself. And thank God for your encouraging words. But if you keep your mouth shut, I know who I am. And I'm going to speak because faith comes by hearing. I'm going to speak it to my ears. I'm going to shout it. That's why, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> we'll move on. Who stole my iPad? It's over here. <laughs> Is this helping you tonight? Yeah. I keep trying to stay on point, but you keep taking me other places. So how do we do this? Come on. Say, so here we go. Yeah. Hebrews 11 verse. Hebrews 11. Man. I believe it's time to start walking on the water. I'm telling you, God has some plans for people in this room and destinies and dreams that are waiting for your mouth to get involved. And you're waiting to see it before you speak it. 
Some of you are writers and you're waiting for someone to ask you to write. God already did do it. I was talking with somebody yesterday because, you know, they got a book that I wrote and I'm not trying to, I'm just telling you a cool example. And they said, you know, I appreciate you writing that book because it, it, it did something in me. And it encouraged me of something that God's already been asking me to do. And so thank you for doing that. It, sparked, it kind of set a fire in me to do it. And, and you got to stop waiting for people to ask you to do it. If God has already put something in your heart, you're already behind. You can't wait for the perfect opportunity. You got to start speaking it and doing it now. If you're looking for the great opportunity to step out, you will never have a great opportunity to speak out and step out. Stepping out is not convenient. Following the call of, the call of God for your life is not convenient. It's extremely inconvenient to you. If you're looking for the per- and so that's why you got to start speaking it now. Speaking what? What God has said about you. I'm being very personal tonight on purpose and I'm not trying to be vague. I'm being personal because we're going to go in scriptures next week about what God has to say. But again, with the believers tonight, you got to get your voice back. Because you know that there are things that God has put in your heart and then things are not changing. It's because you're not speaking anything different. You're waiting to see it before you speak it. Anybody can do that. But true leaders look at a storm and say, peace, peace, peace. Leaders can look at a marriage that's failing and say, you're a woman of God. I'm a man of God and God's going to work this out. Anybody can speak problems. Anybody can talk about the issues. Anybody can find faults, but leaders don't find faults. Leaders find solutions and the solution is in your mouth. What does God say about this? What does God say about my kids? So here we go. Hebrews 11. Are you there? Now faith is the substance. Oh, faith is a covenant. Sorry, wrong translation. Faith is the confidence. This is good. Here we go. Come on. Say, here we go. We got a few more minutes. Come on. Can you shout? Here we go. I need it. Come on. Say, here we go. Okay. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the insurance about what we do not see. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for. And it's the evidence or the insurance about what we do not see. The King James version says it's the evidence of what we do not see. Doesn't that just sound crazy? This is what the ancients were commanded for, verse 3. But by faith, we understand that the universe or the world was formed at God's command. Remember I said, your words can form your life. At God's command, the worlds were formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. God has given us the example right here. God made something out of nothing because he spoke something. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed. How was it formed? At God's command. That is a verb. That means to speak at God's command so that what is seen, in other words, everything you see was made out of something you didn't see. And how did that didn't see become seen? It was because he spoke it First, he didn't wait until he saw it and then said, let it happen. He spoke it in nothing because in the beginning of time, there was a problem and that problem was called darkness. But look how God dealt with the darkness. In the beginning, there was a problem. And the problem was called darkness. How did he deal with it? Genesis chapter one, verse three. Genesis, then God, come on, say it like, then God, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. In the beginning, there was a problem called darkness. Could it be that there was darkness in your life? Maybe you have some darkness in your finances. I've been there. Maybe you got some darkness. And I, and I believe where a lot of people are tonight, if you can be honest with yourself, I will, um, because I think you just need to be honest, is that you have a lot of darkness in your, the call of God upon your life. What I mean, it's not that it's dark, it's that it, 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 it's dark and it's, it, you don't understand it or you feel like it's not happening and there's some darkness about it. But how do you get rid of darkness? 
you speak. Darkness in your marriage, you speak. Darkness with your job, you speak. Darkness in your body, you speak. Psalms 33 verse 6 says this, by the word, Psalm, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and by the breath of his mouth, all of their host. So why are words important? Because words will absolutely shape and form your life. You change the way you speak, you'll change the way you live. You change the way you live, you'll change the world. You got to start believing these words. Not just on a Sunday. Anybody can shout hallelujah on Sunday. But it's time to start shouting hallelujah on Monday. Dear God, it's time to start shouting on Tuesday and on Thursday. Not Wednesday, because that's church. Anybody can do that. But people will need to start doing it in Publix and in Walmart and in very uncomfortable places and hospital rooms and among family members that are literally crazy. Among circumstances that you don't see it happening. That's when God needs leaders to speak what God would say in that situation. Notice Jesus always came across crazy situations. There were people dying and he didn't just speak the problem. He spoke life. He said, Lazarus, rise. Little girl, arise. He began to speak differently. He began to speak the truth. He began to speak a command into dark places and things begin to arise. Nothing will start to rise in your life until you start speaking what God said. Darkness will stay. And I'm just going to be honest with you because we love you. Nothing in your life will change unless you start speaking the, changing the way you speak. It will not get better. It'll stay exactly the same. That's the truth. It's just all going to work out. God's good. It's not going to work out if you don't start changing the way you speak. You will have what you say or you will not have what you don't say. My marriage is not great because it's just worked out. It's great because we have to declare that it's great. And we have to continually not just tell each other we love each other, but show each other we love each other. We got to speak those things that be not. And I got to, I got to look in the mirror and say, you're a great husband. Sometimes when I feel like a terrible husband. Oh, am I the only one real tonight? Sometimes you got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, you're a great father. Sometimes when you feel like you're not a great father, because how I feel is irrelevant because your feelings will lie to you. That's the area of the devil. The devil, if he could take you out tonight, he would, but he can't. You know how he gets in your life? It's by your thoughts, and he speaks things. And that's why the Bible says we must take every thought captive and line it up with the obedience of Christ. And you must grab every thought and put it on the wall and say, is this God? No, it's not God. So I'm going to line it up with the obedience of Christ. In other words, I'm going to find out what this is saying. I'm going to find a scripture to combat what he's saying. Because just like the devil, when he came to Jesus, he said, it is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. Come on, say it's written. A couple verses and we'll close tonight. Tab, where are you at? Come on up. She's somewhere. You will have what you say. Proverbs 18.20 says. Proverbs 18.20 says. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. And from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Why does it say produce? Because your words are seeds. And what you speak will take plant and grow. And they will produce good things or bad things. By the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Your words are seeds. Be careful how you speak to your children. Be careful how you speak to your family. Every night we have a routine at our house that when we're praying for our kids, I have a routine and a confession that I speak over them. And why? Because I'm, I'm speaking something into existence over their life. And I look at them and they're usually kind of going nuts at this time because they want to play. I'm like, no, no, chill. It's time to go to sleep. And I'll lay hands on them. I say, Jonah and Judah, and I'll pray over them. And I'll say this every night. And you can, and they'll repeat this. I'll say, Father, I thank you that your hand is on their life. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to use them mighty for your glory. And I thank you, Lord, that their hearts are tender and soft for you. And I always say it again, Lord, keep your hand on them. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless them. Why do I do that? because I'm wanting to remind them of who they are and whose they are. 
and I'm speaking something over. And that's why I see their heart is tender and it is compassionate and they are, and you can say, oh, they're just loving. No, no, their heart is soft. And, and I mean, I, but sometimes they act like the devil. I understand, you know, but, but that's why I continue to speak that and I'm encouraging them because my lips are, my, my words are seeds. Sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never, words can absolutely destroy your life. We'll get into next week about, there's a lot of verses about the tongue. It's time to get your voice back. I want to, I want to share this as we close. I got this powerful analogy that I want to share. You know, Jesus, there was a great story that he was on his way on a journey. You know, Jesus was always on just on a journey and doing things and people would always just get his attention and mess up his plans, you know, and we have Jesus on assignment in Matthew chapter nine, Matthew chapter nine. While he was saying these things, basically while he was on ministry, behold, a ruler came and knelt before him saying, my daughter has just died, but come and lay your hands on her and she will live. So Jesus rose and he followed him and with his disciples, verse 20, and behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. Verse 21. For she said to her, Self. Who did she speak to? Who was she preaching to in that moment? Who needed to hear that at that moment? Herself. She said to herself, if I only touch his garment, I will be made well. It's time to get your voice back. Jesus turned and seeing her and said, take heart, daughter, your faith, your faith. In other words, what came out of your mouth has changed you today. I'm a firm believer that if she would not have said that, Jesus would have passed her by because Jesus did not heal her that day. Her mouth healed her that day. What came out of her mouth healed her that day. Her sickness did not get God's attention. Her mouth got God's attention. Your situations, your circumstances, your pressures, I'm telling you, they're not getting his attention. What will get his attention and what will get his hand on your life is when you start speaking something different. He will say, oh my, there is my child. There's a faith. I recognize that. That's a, that's a leader. That's a voice of faith. I can work with that. It's when you start speaking faith over the things of your life that are real. But I'm telling you, there was a greater reality. And that is the word of God over your life. And that's what gets God to move, not your problems. God is not moved by problems. What moves him is faith. She said, if I can only, she said, I begin to speak to myself. And here's the deal. She was dying. She was hemorrhaging. She was dying, bro. A hemorrhage, I'm going to tell you what I mean. A hemorrhage is this. It means... A rapid and uncontrollable loss of outflow. The loss of assets, especially in large amounts. In this case, blood. She was hemorrhaging. She was dying. But when she met Jesus, she began to change the way she spoke. What healed her came out of her mouth. Nothing began to change until she began to change the way she spoke. Your opportunities, your destiny, your life will continue to hemorrhage until you start speaking to yourself what God said about you. Things will bleed out of control and things will continue to go and life will continue to just have life. But God doesn't want life to have you. God wants you to have life. God doesn't want you to just get caught in the cyclone of life and things are going, no, no, no. Use your words. Get up in the morning and look yourself in the mirror and say, God is not finished with you yet. God is working things out. I know he doesn't feel like it. I know you don't see it. I know things aren't going in your direction, but God's hand is on your life. He's working things out. You are a child of God. You are a man of God. God's got great plans for you. God is working things out. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You can do all things through Christ 
who gives you strength. Oh, you got to start speaking it because change came when she spoke to herself. She said, if I can just touch his him, if I can. No one needed to hear the sermon but her that day. Woo! Nobody needed to hear the sermon that day but her. She didn't need anybody, man. She needed, she didn't need, listen, she didn't say it to anybody. She said it to herself. A lot of us are good at telling other people things. It's time you start telling yourself some things. There's a new season that God has for us. But it will not change unless you change what's in your mouth. No one else needed her sermon. You know, your words are just like worship. Worship will paint perspectives. You know, because you know God doesn't need your worship, right? He enjoys it. He longs for it. He loves it. But when I sing, how great is our God, that doesn't make him any more great, and it doesn't make him any more God. What does it do? It changes my perspective. It changes my reality. It gets my mind open up. Oh, my God, he is a great God. And your words are the same thing. They will paint perspectives for your life. And that's why you need to start talking to yourself. You need to start shouting yourself because you're going to not feel it at times. And you're not going to see it at times. And things are not going to make sense at times. But there is one thing that makes sense, and that is the word of God, and that is the promises of God. And that is what God has said about your life. When she said to herself, things begin to change. I'm closing with this. Again, we said this. Speaking to yourself is important because at times you might be the only one doing it. There'll be times, Daniel, that people say, Daniel, I want to encourage you. But there's going to be times that it's just you and God. And God wants to be your confidence. God wants to be your encourager. Like David, when he was facing some issues, the Bible says he got alone with God and he began to encourage himself. What was he doing? He was speaking to himself. God's hands on your life. You're a king. You're a child of God. And as mothers and as fathers and as preachers and as the plans, I'm telling you, I, 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 I hope I'm really stirring something in you that it's time you start looking in the mirror and not looking what you see. Quit looking at your past. Quit looking at your failures because God is not reminding you of those things. If you have asked God in your life and you have been forgiven, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. All things have become new. And you got to start looking at yourself and say, you are a creature, a new creature, and God's hand is on your life. Oh, you got to start preaching to yourself. You got to start shouting yourself. And you want to give yourself an offering you preach so good. I mean, you need to start preaching to yourself. You need to have church services in your bedroom. You need to be the greatest preacher you can ever be for yourself. Father, we thank you as we close.